Regardless of where you stand regarding the conflict of Ukraine, it is a fact that with every military conflict, there are innocent victims of that conflict. And we are seeing that in the millions of people that are being displaced from their homes with potentially no home to return to. So for as long as the conflict is going on, I'm including this segment with every one of my podcast episodes. An opportunity for us to take a minute and a moment for those who are suffering because of the conflict. For those of you who wish, who wish to participate, please hit the pause button for a moment, for a thought, or a prayer. There is continued and urgent need for humanitarian assistance. There are many respectable and notable organizations out there, and I am appealing to all of you to provide support in whatever way you are comfortable with. I know that we are all going through difficult times, so even if you are not in a position to make donations, helping to spread the word would be immensely helpful. With the help of some groups that I belong to, I've compiled a list of some organizations that are helping with the current conflict. And you can find this list at www.coyote.com Ukraine. While it's not a comprehensive list, it does offer us a place to start. Once again, that's coyote.com Ukraine. Thank you for listening to this. I don't often get involved in causes because there are just too many. But while this conflict might hopefully soon be resolved, the humanitarian need will be ongoing for quite some time. Please find a couple of minutes to see how you can help. And like I said, even if it's just to help spread the word, that would be wonderful and amazing. Thank you. A home has traditionally been the biggest purchase that a person makes in their life. That being said, it's becoming increasingly costly and thereby increasingly difficult. Most people will end up needing a mortgage. But the rules for getting a mortgage are quite often uh, different for those who are employed versus those who are self-employed and business owners. Here to dive deep within with with that with us today is uh, Blair McFarland, uh, mortgage agent at SafeBridge Financial Group. He's had many 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 years of experience and uh, has been has been in the industry for even longer than that. So uh, welcome, Blair. Thank you, Thomas. Thanks for having me. I think the first thing that we want to get into is what are some of the what are the primary differences between people who are self-employed versus uh, people who are employed? I mean, uh, you know, from a st- uh, lending standpoint, uh, Thomas, what it comes down to is uh, the income that is uh, being used and that's confirmable in the lender's eyes. Um, so traditionally, uh, if you are not self-employed, let's say you're earning a salary, that's quite simple. That's your uh, confirmable income. It's, it's what you earn on an annual basis. Um, when it comes to self-employment, traditionally, what a lender wants to see is they want to see your um, a, a two-year average of your earnings. Um, so they'll actually look at what y- the individual is claiming for personal income taxes. They'll look at the most recent two years, add that together, that's your average. But as we know, um, you know with self-employed individuals, 
um, depending on how their business is structured, the income that they are personally claiming does not necessarily tell the full story about the income um, that the individual's business is generating. Mm -hmm. And so do they use the revenue of the company then? Um, There are some excellent uh, alternative uh, lending programs that are designed specifically for self-employed individuals where, yes, they would look at the business, um, as you mentioned, uh, perhaps the revenue that is being generated or look at the income um, that is being claimed before any adjustments are made for their income tax filings. So there's a number of ways that uh, those programs that are designed for self-employed individuals um, will take a deeper dive and um, use um, a more um, accurate portrayal of what income is being generated through the business. And that can certainly be helpful for individuals that are self-employed to qualify. Uh, I should point out, though, that with those types of programs, the minimum down payment is 20%. That is a requirement because it must be an insured mortgage, or excuse me, a non-insured mortgage or what's referred to as a conventional mortgage. Okay, that, make, that makes sense. You just mentioned there are some alternative lending options. Are those what you were talking about or is, is there some lending packages yeah, what I what I mean by alternative lending options is uh, just some programs that are designed specifically for self-employed individuals, um, and they use um, just a, a different uh, viewpoint of income um, than what the traditional or standard type of qualifying measures that are used. And if the company was just starting out. Um, they've only got a couple of years and they're starting with from they're starting from zero first year. They might be doing, you know, ten thousand dollars in the second year. They might have gotten up to fifteen thousand um, dollars. But maybe that third year they're going to take off. Does do the do the mortgage packages account take those things into account? Absolutely. There are some very, um, very unique programs, again, that are tailored for self-employed individuals where you can use a stated income. The, the business um, has to be understood by the lender. Um, and, but that being said, you know, looking at the type of business, um, the um, few years that it's been in operation, um, mm-hmm. as in, you know, we can use a stated income. So it's a comfortable amount that's, uh, let's call it a projected income. So yes, there, there are some great programs that are available for self-employed individuals like that as well. Fantastic. And I think to let people know kind of exactly where you're coming from, your level of expertise, um, would you mind sharing us a little bit about your experience? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, I've been uh, working in the mortgage industry uh, this uh, July will mark um, 18 years. Um, I started uh, working with one of Canada's largest mortgage lending institutions. Um, worked in several role, roles, uh, everywhere from origination to termination. So it definitely gave me uh, an opportunity to understand um, the mortgage industry a lot better. I always approach uh, my business with, um, you know, focused on the best um, needs for my clients. 
And uh, working at that institution, I was one day told that it's not what's best for the client. It's what's best for the company. So um, I did uh, that week uh, put in my resignation and moved over to the uh, mortgage broker channel uh, where I've been for several years now. And I enjoy it very, very much. It's uh, I'm not hampered um, or uh, I'm not hampered by any uh, lenders uh, guidelines or uh, regulations. Uh, I am able to um, vet um, lenders for my clients and advocate on their behalf. So I like to say that I work for uh, my clients, not the lender. That's fantastic. And I think, I think, uh, I think if more people were looking at things on that, from that standpoint, even not just uh, for mortgage, um, I think that, uh, you know, the business world would be a lot happier place. Indeed. You mentioned just now that you moved into you moved into uh, on to the brokerage side. Why didn't you join a bank? Why did you join a mortgage brokerage? What's, well, the, I, what's the difference between the two? Yeah, I, I had already come from the banking side, um, so uh, working as a mortgage broker, I'm actually an independent contractor. So I, I too am self-employed. So when we speak about programs um, as far as mortgages are concerned for self-employed individuals. That, that speaks uh, very true to me because uh, I, I, I'm in the same position as uh, those other individuals. But um, I moved to the broker channel specifically um, so that, uh, again, I didn't have to work for one lending institution. I really wanted to be able to provide my clients with a variety of solutions and figure out what the best um, option is for their current and future needs. Mm -hmm. Now, even the mortgage specialists at the bank will say that they're working for the client and not working for the banks. And yes, that may be the, the case that they only have the bank's packages that they are working with, but um, is that the primary difference between a mortgage brokerage and um, a mortgage specialist from uh, a bank, uh, uh, the, the five big banks or the four big banks? <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. I mean, again, I am an independent contractor, so I don't work for one lender. Uh, I guess maybe this is a, a good segue for me to talk about um, why an individual should work with a mortgage broker. Um, if you wouldn't mind, Thomas. I Absolutely. Can, I can, yeah, I've got some uh, points uh, that I'd like to make about that. I mean, one of the more obvious reasons is lower rates. So uh, as a mortgage agent, um, I have access to multiple rates and lenders. So because of this, I have access to rates that may not always be advertised widely. And um, that can be significantly lower than those advertised by banks or credit unions. Uh, you know, another uh, important reason to work with a mortgage agent is accessibility. Many lenders' rates and mortgages can only be accessed through the mortgage broker channel. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I can also vet the lenders and negotiate on my client's behalf. And as an experienced mortgage agent, I have relationships with non-bank lenders as well as banks. And 
when choosing a mortgage, if uh, if you're ignoring those types of lenders and choosing to get a mortgage with a bank, um, that can mean that you're choosing harsher prepayment penalties for breaking your mortgage, as well as a higher interest rate. So that can end up costing um, individuals thousands upon thousands of dollars over the life of their mortgage. So you just mentioned there that you were that there would be a cost to break mortgage. Um, is are is that and um, the mortgage rate the two primary things that people should be looking for in a mortgage, or are there other um, are there other things that that when they're doing their shopping that they should be looking at? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, certainly rate is one is the one that speaks, uh, you know, very loudly to individuals. But there's way more um, that is involved uh, that has to be taken into consideration. Um, you know, that's another good point of why you want to work with a mortgage broker is I've been doing this for many years and I've seen many different clients in varying financial situations. So when thinking about how your life may change over the life of your mortgage term, I'll be able to provide you with options and scenarios that may have not crossed your mind and account for them, um, which again can potentially save you uh, thousands of dollars in the process of the life of your mortgage. So beyond prepayment penalties, you know, there's privileged payment options. Um, if the individual uh, is motivated or has the means to pay down their mortgage quicker, um, the portability of the mortgage, um, you know, which would allow an individual to um, sell their house and potentially transfer that to the new home that they purchased, uh, thus avoiding a penalty. So, yeah, there, there, there is a lot of um, that consideration that has to be made for that, Thomas. And that's why you want to work with a uh, mortgage agent, uh, because um, I, I am my client's ally. Um, I'm on my client's side. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when an individual, say for a home purchase, uh, if they're considering that, there's a lot of things that happen when you buy a home. You know, a realtor is going to tell you so much. The lawyer will tell you so much. But an experienced mortgage agent like myself, I, I will bring it all together in one place and connect the dots in what can be an overwhelming process. Um, a mortgage specialist at a bank wants to sell you their product. Um, their mortgage product may be the one that's most, uh, uh, that, that is not most applicable to your situation. Mm -hmm. And so when shopping around to find somebody to represent their needs for, in, for mortgage, are there any red flags between mortgage brokerages or mortgage agents that people should think about or be aware of? Yeah, well, I think experience uh, is something that should be uh, talked about. Um, you know, one thing that's great about a mortgage agent, and this should be um, discussed when you're speaking with someone, is um, for the most part, our services should be free. Um, I operate on commission that's paid by the lenders who ultimately grant my client's mortgage. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, a good question to ask is, um, is, is, is this mortgage agent that you're going to align with, are, are they going to charge you um, any fees themselves personally? I, I don't know that that happens, but um, it's certainly worth talking about. 
Um, and then the brokerage themselves, um, you know, it, I think it's important to ask um, if there's uh, specific lending institutions that they work with. Um, not every brokerage is the same. Um, at SafeBridge Financial Group, we're considered uh, a boutique um, brokerage. You know, there's a small number of agents that work at uh, SafeBridge Financial Group, but uh, collectively, Last year, we worked with over 60 lender, lending institutions. So we have access to um, all um, lenders across Canada. Um, so those are that's an important thing to um, inquire about. And for people who are small businesses and looking to get a small business, do you have any tips for, for them as to how to best be put the, put them in their best position? To obtain a mortgage? Yes. Uh, make sure you're filing your income taxes. Um, if there is money that is owed to the CRA, um, make sure that that is paid. Um, and then, um, you know, if you want to, if, if you're an incorporated business and you want to be able to um, access uh all of the uh, mortgage options, um, spend the additional amount of money and have uh, a chartered accountant uh, complete company financials on an annual basis. Um, that is very, very helpful when it comes to uh, obtaining uh, mortgage options. So for somebody who is self-employed versus partnership, sole proprietorship and incorporated, mm. is there a difference in the eyes of in, in, the, mor in the mortgage industry? No, no, no. But but if the individual is incorporated and you need to look for alternative solutions that are going to look into um, how the business is operating and what money is being generated through the business, um, it's a lot uh, better. It's more favorable if you have those actual company financials. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the where the in terms of where the market is right now um you know you, we hear a lot about fixed rates versus variable rates would you recommend something that's a little bit more fixed right now or a little bit more va uh, variable right now yeah well yeah that that that's an interesting question i mean you know first if, if we're going to talk about interest rates I, I think it's important that we know how uh, the difference between a variable and a fixed and what influences them um you know variable mortgage rates they're priced on the lender's prime rates and the lender's prime rates move in lockstep with the bank of canada's policy rate um fixed mortgage rates on the other hand are priced on government of canada bond yields um, those, those yields, they're typically determined by thousands of buy and sell orders in the open market. And normally, uh, they respond indirectly to the Bank of Canada's policy rate actions and commentaries. Um, so right now, what we're seeing happen is, um, those yields are increasing. And since, uh, the, you know, uh, six months ago, certainly, those yields have been increasing. That's why we've seen fixed rates uh, start to rise. Um, last month, um, when the Bank of Canada announced their uh, policy rate, they, they said that they were going to keep their overnight lend, uh, policy rate at 0.25%, which was expected. 
Um, but they also said that um, they expect that inflation is going to reach a, a point um, near the end of 2022 or into the beginning of 2023, which will mean at that point they'll start raising interest rates. I would say to just you know, without uh, uh, taking too much time talking about the innuendos of mortgage rates, um, the variable uh, historically, uh, the var- variable rate um, has outperformed a five-year uh, fixed rate over 80% of the time. But the reason that most people w- would go for the fixed mortgage rate is uh, just their um, tolerance to risk. Um, you'll likely end up spending a little bit more uh, traditionally over a five-year period. You'd spend a little bit more with a fixed rate than a variable, but we can just account, uh, chalk up that uh, additional money to peace of mind. But this is why you, um, an individual would want to work with a mortgage agent so that um, you know, they can discuss um, the mortgage rate options and figure out what the best one is for um, uh, their current and future needs. There's, uh, you know, certainly some pros and cons for each. Um, what would I say today? Uh, going back to your original question, you know, that really depends on the individual, and it warrants a uh, longer conversation um, for, for for each for each client of mine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, when you're dealing with clients, what generally, as for for small business owners or you know for business people, what generally is your your the process in which uh, a business owner should expect to go through in obtaining a mortgage? Yeah. Well, I mean, we'd have to we have to first do a pre approval. So we need to look at um, the individual um, uh, as far as you know a qualifying standpoint, but. Um, you know, what I like to do with my pre approval and of course, this means that we're going to be looking at documentation as well. Um, but when it comes to the uh, pre-approval, you know, especially in today's competitive real estate market, you know, it's vital that you, you have an official pre-approval prior to going out and putting offers on homes. Uh, and this is for self-employed individuals and everyone. Um, but, you know, there's a huge difference between my official pre-approval and a banker credit union's pre-qualification. You know, with the pre-qualification, it's really nothing more than um, you stating how much you earn and then uh, the bank telling you how much you can go and spend on a house. So the main advantage with my official pre-approval is I, I will know um, the company details for self-employed individuals. Uh, Also, uh, the personal credit situation. And I will have already asked all of the main underwriting questions that mortgage lenders care about before they approve a mortgage. So together um, with my client's cooperation, we do all the necessary work up front. And that arms them to be as successful as possible when they're out making an offer to purchase. Mm -hmm. And you just mentioned underwriting there, just a second there. Yeah. Um, between, aside from how much they make and their credit rating, are there other extenuating fa- factors that underwriters will look at? 
besides income and credit? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I, I mean, there's a lot that goes, there's more than just looking at income and credit. There's a lot that goes into the income and credit. Um, but, you know, lending institutions also have to factor in uh, loan to value ratio. Um, they look at the property type uh, and the location of the home. Uh, I mean, let's not forget a, a mortgage is ultimately a loan. And the lending institution, the security of that loan is the house itself. So there are other things that have to be taken into consideration before a mortgage is advanced. No, oh, thank you so much for that. Um, I think, I think for us to get into anything more deeply, I think it would take up way too much time, and you have already <laughs> taken up a lot of yours. Um, if people have other if people still have questions and they want to learn more, um, is there a way that they can get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you can. Um, Certainly phone me at 416-876-4437 or, um, you know, visit my website and uh, we can connect that way. Um, it's blairmcfarlane.safebridgebroker.com. Fantastic. And I will have all of that information down in the description below. Blair, thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing some of these tips. Um, very much appreciate it. My pleasure, Thomas. Thank you for having me. This podcast can be found on Spotify, iTunes, and all your other podcatchers. Please rate and recommend to help with the, the algorithms and to grow this community. And please let us know if, if you have any suggestions about things that you'd like for us to talk about, or if you just want to chat, we can best be reached at podcast at coyote.com. I'm Thomas. And thank you for listening to this Coyote Small Business Podcast.